I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to the next installment of the Prem de la Prem Roundtable Series. Cheers. Excitement all around. Uh, like I said, we're doing things a little different this summer. So instead of an individual club podcast, we have three London legends joining us. And I'm sure they'd say as much about themselves. We have Thomas Steiner, the Spurs resident fan. We have Carl Mueller, the Chelsea resident fan. And Marcus Campbell, all the way from the UK, representing Arsenal. Gents, just to kick things off, um, we'll keep it pretty simple, straightforward, just to make sure you guys are thinking light on your toes. Uh, Why don't we go around? You guys will introduce yourself real quick. Little fun facts about yourselves. And you can answer this question when you do it. Uh, Tell us why your club is the pride of London. So that's how we're going to start things. And Marcus, just because you're in my peripheral view to begin with, why don't we why don't we start with you? Yeah, so uh, lifelong Arsenal supporter, one of the few people my age that made it to both Highbury and the Emirates, so uh, Mm. got in there just in time. Um, Got into Arsenal because my uncle is a season ticket holder, and I also have to shout out my cousin on the other side, because the first time I was on this pod, I didn't mention him, and I've heard about it for the last two years, so (laughs) Dan Chatter, big shout out to you. Sounds like um, you're doing it on your own volition. Well, I appreciate you. You know the fact that your cousin is listening to the pod. I just have to say thank you. You're doing you're doing yeoman's work. Yeah. No. Well, obviously, I'm just out in the streets of London handing out flyers, <laughs> barking for you guys. It's it's a year round gig for me. This is just. I didn't know we had flyers. <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, we I'm on my own accord. Don't worry. It's just you. Marcus's phone number. <laughs> His OnlyFans account. Yeah, that's just below it as well. Oh, the pod, pod definitely needs an OnlyFans account. <laughs> well, Annual cute. guest appearances as well. Um, yeah, the reason Arsenal is the pride of London is the same reason that Arsenal is the pride of the Premier League. We're the only, <laughs> the only, the only clubs ever win it without losing. Um, obviously, there's uh-huh. been other feats, but I mean, what more is there to say? Just the most incredible feat there can be. Not only the only, only club in London, but the only club in England to do so. Still relevant, clearly. <laughs> until, like, until until someone else does it yeah, yeah fair All right. I'm, sure, I'm sure Pat would say the same I mean I just completely objectively I think that's a, a really astute observation yeah yeah, 100% <laughs> alright Carl what have you got for us uh, uh, hello Paul uh, Carl um, Chelsea fan for uh, a long time uh, solar era onwards late 90s um, uh, have no fun facts about myself, so I'll just make a case for uh, <laughs> Chelsea being the pride of London. I mean, I'd, uh, I'm struck by Marcus saying uh, not losing. Um, I build my case around winning, but um, we're talking uh, two Champions League, best team in London during the Premier League era, best team over the last 20 years, some of the most iconic squads we've seen. 
I mean, did it the good old-fashioned uh, way with some foreign investors. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe launched the modern football era with foreign investment and foreign managers. We were test tube case number one. So credit for that. Either just, honor. We, we, you can trace the Super League all the way back to Chelsea around 2003. Uh, yeah, have ruled everything before us ever since. I will say it did it did ease the pain of watching Chelsea just win their latest Champions League by watching you knee slide across the nickel mine as a grown man. So that was that was a fun one for us. And then finally, Thomas, certainly not least, why don't you fill us in on yourself and your Certainly fandom. least. Certainly least. <laughs> least, least accomplished. <laughs> And here hello. we go. Hello, hello. This should <laughs> hello, be fun. Go on, Thomas. Uh, yeah, I'm Thomas. I'm the I'm the resident Spurs fan. Uh, been a, been a while. I've been uh, been supporting the club. I think it started around the Berbatov era. Uh, I think it's probably because winning is for losers and style trumps substance. I think. Look, if you want to follow a club that's exciting that plays the right way, you got to go Spurs. You can you can have your trophies. Oh, Bring plays, plays the right way. Lean yeah. on in. Yeah. It's not where I thought We're, that was going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. Do, where do you the think The hand-me-down Mourinho way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got okay. Mourinho last <laughs> when, <laughs> when Chelsea and United had their way with him already. He just got sort of handed down to your jail cell. I don't know. It sounded like he had his way with all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He's, he's really he's got really around like, the pod. Yeah. yeah he's, he's really left like his has. mark. <laughs> to be All fair, right, while so, he was never at Arsenal, he does live in our heads rent-free. So, uh. <laughs> Marcus, do you remember the, the, the people that wanted Mourinho? Yeah, post, yeah, uh, yeah, post yeah. Not real Arsenal yeah. supporters. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. After the beef him and Wenger had, we could never accept that. They were they were close to throwing fisticuffs yeah. on the sideline. I was concerned it might actually happen for a minute there. But yeah, fair. It's not hey, a there. But, by the way, um, just a uh, shout-out to Berbatov. Good, good reference, Don. I'll, I'll, yeah, great. Play. Everyone on the pod nodded when you said that, although we're all ready to laugh at you. So that was, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, for, I'll have him forever. Thomas, yeah, he's, a, he's a man of honor. That is, is, that is, that is a good enough reason for them being pride of London. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, why don't we go ahead and get right into it? We obviously have a few clubs to discuss here between uh, you Londoners, but Thomas, why don't we start with you? Because for people who've been following the pod sequentially for every, you know, between five or ten of you, um, <clears throat> last week or last episode we had Mark on, who's a more veteran Spurs fan, and it shows in the general facial eye bag region. <laughs> He's been through it, so he has a more seasoned take. But my, I'm going to ask you something similar so we can get it out of the way. How after this circus of a summer, how happy and satisfied are you that we've landed with Nuno as the manager? Albeit, let's leave aside how many people we went through to get there, and we'll focus on just the end, the end result. How happy are we with where we've landed? I'll well, give it about. Said he wasn't too concerned with the end result. It's all about the style. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So do you, want me, do you want me to start with the beard or where should we go? Where should we go first? You can no, start I, with appearances. <clears throat> sure. I think, I think that's the thing with him, right? You have to kind of remove, if you remove all the context in the circus and everything around it, even last season with him and you said, okay, two years ago, Nuno's the next Spurs boss. I go, okay, I'm not upset about that. I think 
the tease of, oh, maybe it's Conte, maybe Poch is coming back, I think it made it a little bit weirder to get him in. But I was surprised we weren't linked with him earlier. Uh, so far, I think he's off to a good start. He seems like he might be the type of manager we need. I think some sensibility, maybe playing a little bit more on the front foot, which is what he seems to be doing. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to give him a chance. I think, I think we might have maybe been a little bit unrealistic with some of our expectations where we thought things were going and, and where, we, where we were. Um, so I think... At what, at what point were you in the please just make it stop <laughs> portion of the, of the managerial shortlist? At what point? Uh, I, th- I think it too, so. I think that was really... <laughs> that's, that was my personal rock bottom. When Jurgen Klinsmann said, hey, it seems like you're just... Oh, you're down for whatever, right? <laughs> Oh, it was a couple like a, more weeks, and you were getting the offer, so I don't know. I don't yeah, know no, I know. I was. I, I had to my name in the ring. The yeah, I was, text from Levy. Yeah, that Levy. was that was. It was pretty bad. I mean, it's weird because once like once we started looking at what was actually going on, I was like, okay, everyone's genuinely excited. The mo- excited, the mood around the club's good. But then you're like, well, yeah, that did. Go, there was like 70 days of absolute nonsense, and you completely forgot about it. So it was a, it was a long. Who are you most hopeful get, for? Uh, in terms of players, or no, which manager like out of oh, all of them? Conte, you sure. uh, I think I was like, well, if we're gonna sell our souls and, and go for it, I was like Conte, but I, yeah, I, didn't, I don't, I don't, but I don't think we were gonna put the investment that he needed. Yeah. So I said, what yeah. Conte with what? Can I can I ask if if you like? There's a bit of me that wondered if you'd sold Kane for 150 million at the beginning of that saga, and approached these managers with like, hey, Spurs and 150 million. Like, would that maybe have got you content? Like, I, I just found it weird that there's no investment, but you can generate, like, crazy investment. You might end up doing it anyway by the end of the summer. So I just wanted, like, how you feel about that? About selling Kane? Or well, just I, if, I, I thought if, I could avoid that question entirely. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, that was, for, I, for I, the record, that was going to be our next question. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Sh- shut up, James. Uh, uh, no, Carl, this is your talk. show. Yeah. No, I, I think it was less that whether you had... I mean, we are investing right now, but I think that the level of investment a Conte would ask for would be keep Kane plus whatever. And I think the type of overhaul, and that's been his falling out at every other club. So I was like, well, you're definitely not going to get it here. So I, I thought in that sense, it might not be the best fit. So obviously proven winner, all that. But um, I, I don't think... Selling the best player and saying you've got a transfer kitty of 150 would would made a would made a huge difference. I think for Conte specifically, he he was demanding that Kane stay, which is I don't know if, I don't know if we can make that guarantee. Let me throw this to Carl and Marcus. Right, we love seeing kind of Spurs go into a little bit of a tailspin, but end result, you know, what, how do you rate Nuno uh, going to Spurs? Good, bad, and different? Does it make him better? Any strike fear into your hearts? Interested to see. Uh, what y'all think about about the uh, the crosstown rivals getting Nuno? I actually think if they signed him earlier, I would have been more concerned about it. I think after that really disappointing season he's just had, like it kind of just showed Wolves were a little bit of a flash in the pan. So it's not like he's just like this genius who's able to change things. I think he just had the right squad at the right time and was able to succeed with Wolves for a bit, and then they completely just lost um, lost momentum. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not that concerned about him at the minute. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think it's like a. Um, he he's it, it puts Spurs somewhere in the top eight, in my opinion. Like it's not. He's not gonna. Well, you're not gonna. Groundbreaking. Like, and and I don't know if like that's what okay, but like you're not. Well, you're not gonna get into the top four with like. I I just don't think it puts them in that elite level of being competitive, and. Um, 
a Conte might have done. And so I, 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 th I think Marx is right. Like, I think it might be a decent fit, but I'm not overly concerned. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how much of it is the the end result of the optics and everything that went on around it. Like, if if one of the first days of the summer they make their announcements, like Nuno Spurs, right. like next Spurs, and it's like, oh, yeah. they're they're onto something here, you know. So so maybe landing. It, it, Landing him as a manager isn't as bad as it comes to seem after, you know. It's just the story that goes with it, and you can't un unsee that shit show, and that's just yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. And I think if you look at the last year, you know, I'm kind of on the... He's always, in my opinion, performed kind of at the level of his teams. Like, Valencia, mm -hmm. he probably had the fourth-best squad. In the, like, mm -hmm. Wolves probably had around the seventh or eighth-best team in the league in terms of squad, and that's where he finished. So I'm kind of curious. He will have to overachieve, which is what we've done for the last mm -hmm. five, six years, and even with Poch, who... You know, at the time we were looking to get Von Hall in, and we got Poch. So he wasn't first choice, so it has worked out in the past. Yeah, he, that's so. He's true. a right profile of manager, but we'll see. Can I also say, like, there's bits of me, and this might be um, uh, lazy because they both just look angry at the sideline. But he, I get like a um, like the Atletico Madrid manager, like a Simone vibe off him, like just like fueled by anger and can create like a like pretty solid team that's like crazy attack you know what i mean like i there is a world where it's a bit like that and that could be exciting yeah. i don't see him as like free-flowing football i don't know if that's the wolves i recognize they were like very compact and like frankly more defensive but that might be his players too there is one thing I wanted to say about this most recent Wolf season and marcus you brought it up and them potentially being a flash in the pan you look back on it I wonder in how much higher regard people would hold Nuno if this last season didn't happen. And when you look mm -hmm. back to this last season, mm -hmm. Raul Jimenez got that crazy head injury who's like spearheaded their attack forever. They sold Jota, and I don't know how much of a decision or factor Nuno was in that versus the board just selling him at a high value. And they kind of got neutered by losing their two best attacking players. Mm. And before this past season, they had been they had been flying in the Premier League, and it looks like they they weren't going to regress and rather just keep going up the table. So I do wonder. Yeah, you had a lot of yeah. weight. And, and that's, that, that's, that's kind of what I was saying at the top of it, too. If you told me, you know, two years ago, he's the next one when he was, you know, the Spurs, or Wolves were rather kind of that it team, the team, he, kind of the underdogs that were playing well, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. And James, you hit it exactly on the head. Like he lost two of his best players last year and they still did okay. Um, I don't think anyone's going to do well losing their two best attacking players. Carl, to your point, yes, I think Wolves also played quite defensively. But from what we've seen, at least early in preseason, I think uh, his Valencia team is probably a closer parallel in how he's setting up. Um, and there, he's been doing some pretty interesting things that I've seen. So it does look like we're playing a lot more on the front foot. Um, faster. So, you know, do you think, I, I, do you I'm ready for it. Do you think he'll get the best out of Doherty again? Oh, boy. Uh I hope so because we got very little yeah. out of him. He was yeah. a he was a wolves. Yeah. yeah, then a little bit of a flop. Then when he came Thomas to the like, system, Google's his name. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that the worst Serge Aurier? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, he might. I think right back is going to be an interesting one. I think we're in we're linked with a few players. So I think uh, Tomiyasu out of out of Italy right now um, is who we've been linked with. So I think. It looks like he's actually trying to create like an unbalanced back back line where the right center back's almost tucking in to to make a back three. So it's if we go if we're in for Tomiyasu, I'm not sure if if Doherty's going to get as much time and if that if he's going to be relied upon as much as Sessegnon, Regulon, and the the left sided yeah fullback. That's my prediction, but I don't know. 
before we before we move on to to check in on the other clubs, I, I want to ask this to you. I want to ask this to you pretty pointedly, Thomas. There's a we confront it head on. There's a decision to be made about Harry Kane this summer. Is he going to go for between 100 and up to what people are saying are 150 mil, which is a lot of money, and you guys had said as much. It's almost a rebuild budget in of itself. Or do you pull out the stops to try and keep him? Um, but how how would you sell him on this Spurs project, and how close are you to challenging, and how happy? You know, he's not going to slag off Spurs because he loves the team, but what what's an what's a not 100% happy Harry Kane doing at the club like what what's your preference and and how do you see it actually going uh i mean my preference is to keep him and i don't think he's the type he doesn't give me the the vibe of a player who's going to sulk and not play no, when it comes not. time so i think you're still going to get performance out of him um the fact he hasn't come out and said one way or another indicates he's probably weighing up his options uh it is a lot of money and we're it seems that we're being linked in spending early so I could see a world even where we're getting the deals in, spending now, and then selling on later. So it's we're not the cl- the club with the with the big big uh, big transfer fee and all this. So we may be already spending the cane money. I think as you see mm-hmm. deals come in, mm-hmm. I could see that that'd be one way to look at it. If we if we are in for two center backs, then I see a world where hey maybe maybe we do go. This this is the time. I think every Spurs fan obviously wants to keep them, but what number is just too high to turn down? Like what's the like undeniable number? Like if if they came in for 180, would you just? I mean, at 180, that's that's a lot of money. You probably have to go. Um, probably, yeah. I'm a firm <laughs> believer. I'm a firm believer that anyone will do anything for a certain cost. Are you the Ted? I've, I've seen it. Everybody yeah. has their price. <laughs> the Prem de la Prem only fan shows that yeah. there is a right amount. Yeah. If the price is right, my friends. <laughs> But I mean, like, again, he, you know, there's three years left on his deal. On his deal, he doesn't have as much leverage as you'd think. So, I mean, I think they ask him for one more year and see, can we crack the top four and then let's go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would usually agree with that, Thomas, but I worry that's like basically what he got told last year. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So you can't be like, oh, gentleman's agreement, one more year and we see how far it's like. No, we just wait. We just did that. <laughs> this is the end of that year. <laughs> so, so, like, yeah, like we can't. Yeah. You're talking about next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my fear is that, um, that Kane is leveraging his tenure at Spurs to force the action uh, of Levy and the, and, and the rest of the, the front office. That is my – as a – as a competitor of, of, of Spurs, right? Um, you see that in, in tons of tons of sports when players have leverage um, and that club doesn't want them to leave, that they can throw their weight around and, and get some action. So yeah, if I, you are I mean, spending the Kane money, that's great because I am a little worried that you're plugging some holes that you need to plug. And obviously he's, he's world-class. He just extended Son. I think that's an attractive thing yeah, for keeping Kane happy for a minute. As well. Yeah, I mean, the investment's there. I just don't know if it's to placate Kane or... It because they know something's going to come in, and yeah. I'm probably in the camp of player of fans, and I think there's there's a, a fair split there of like, look, I mean, I don't really necessarily fault him for wanting to go to that level. I think it broke my heart seeing what happened at the Euros for him because I was like, it's like just so quintessentially Spurs and for his career like that that kind of moment to happen. And I think maybe that would have changed things too, but I don't know if, if a lot of the fan base would begrudge him for making the move at this point. I think people understand at least sure. portions of it. Sure. But I, I'm still, I still would prefer him to stay. <laughs> right. I feel like that would be Spurs fan, like most Spurs fans' natural reaction. It's like, yeah, I'd rather have a team with Harry Kane. Because <laughs> when you think about replacements, 
you're not going to get a Harry Kane caliber replacement. And certainly not right off the bat. Uh, but, Carl, I want to bring it to you and Chelsea. And maybe Harry Kane is a segue. Maybe it's not. But, <laughs> but, but I, <laughs> I think my, my first question that's been at the top of my mind looking at Chelsea in their summer is, how do you feel and, and can, you, can you give a reason in your mind as to why Chelsea's been what to me seems uncharacteristically quiet? so far as far as the summer goes and whether you think there's something big coming up the pipeline or whether you think there's a certain amount of um satisfaction with the with the team that you have coming off the championship i mean like on a personal note i i you know just um i i feel like it's it's not going to happen for us this summer like i think we are being very careful in the market in the hope of landing a hundred 50 million dollar deal and wanting to be sort of ready for that possibility i just i, I don't think it's going to happen I, I think like um most chelsea fans probably feel like that's okay like everyone agrees it's worth pursuing the likes of harland and kane to the end of the earth but if we don't get him like we just won the champions league tuchel had like 15 20 games like he could get more out of that squad. I genuinely believe that, like, you know, the second half of last season was um, an outlier in terms of finishing chances. I don't think that is the like. Like, so, uh, you, you know, I'm, I, I would love to start the season with a crazy striker up front. But if it doesn't happen and we get some decent cover at the back and maybe something more aggressive in midfield, like a Rice, amazing. I also think... Um, especially last year's summer transfer was like we we uh, we urgently need to sell like we we um buying is actually like a nice to have for chelsea right now we have been investing on the like assumption that a lot of these peripheral squad players will go and mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons we're selling youth players right now is because they're not going like the drink waters and bakiyokos and Zabaletas, they're all still on a squad they look like they're out for another loan season right. but we got to make that 200 million back <clears throat> we spent last summer we've already like raised 60 odd million through sales so i i wouldn't underestimate like we're doing what we have to do as a club and then like if something happens at the end of the window bang we'll be ready if not i'm still stoked for next season i do believe the direct quote from roman abramovich was whatever it takes to sign uh erling holland so i think you're either going to get erling holland or there's going to be like a a russian henchman showing up dead in a ditch somewhere (laughs) yeah i like your your conservative fallback option is 80 million dollars for declan rice you know (laughs) maybe if it doesn't work out we'll just yeah yeah yeah. the most sought after in a a midfield of conte Jorginho, and kovacic (laughs) you know it's like let's let's stack the deck (laughs) the, the crazy the crazy thing with chelsea is like just every summer like you're gonna get 50 to 100 million just from sales like people always look at Chelsea's transfer nice. spending and it's like, yeah, like 250 million, that's crazy. But it's like, well, 100 million we raised. The under 150 million is spread over six. Like, so it, we are in a unique position where like uh, an 80 million player a window is completely like, yeah, mm-hmm. don't even blink, doesn't but, touch the sides. But nothing, as far as I know, nothing notable on either sides of the transfers 
um, buying or selling. So no, so, no, I'm, I'm, you know that you're, I'm in that stage of the summer where you're like refreshing BBC Sports like every like hour or so, and like you get to like 4 p.m. in LA, which makes midnight in London, and you load up next like the next day's gossip in BBC, <laughs> and you're just oh, like geez. scrolling down to see if there's any Chelsea. Nah, no, like it's just. It's, but, uh, it's weird. Other, other than striker, like, is there like we we talked about how good that centre midfield is. Other, like, everyone kind of knows the striker situation with Werner struggling. Is there any position you really need though? Because it seems like it's a no, pretty good setup mate, so far. I, yeah. I, I, the one thing would be like a quality centre back might allow us to go four at the back and introduce mm -hmm. one more attacking player. Like, I think we play three at the back because Silver, Christensen, Rudiger, like, they're all like seven out of ten. But in a three, they become nine out of ten. But in a four, they become six out of ten. You know what I mean? Like they just. So, I think like having like a. I, I'm. I would have loved Verena. Like a genuinely, that would have been. I think a great signing for us. And mm -hmm. and for the money he went, I can't believe we didn't great compete. Business, yeah. yeah, amazing business. So, but that would be the only. It like we're in a place now of like, you know, as a, a, a even Declan Rice would be like. A kind of cover, like you know, in case Conte like misses half the season again, and Kovacic is a bit too. The disrespect. Like, I know, right? Like a, a hundred million player, we're like, would be. I mean, if we go in with the same squad, I'm here for it. Like, if we go through the summer and nothing happens, I'm excited. We just won the Champions League. It's, it's, we've got, we've, and we've got so much growth in the squad still to to get to. Yeah. Amazing with 300 million a couple summers ago does for you, isn't it? Th that's, you know what I mean? Like in a way, last summer was meant to be two summers of transfer spending. I, it's just, and now like, Haaland is just. We know we're not going to get Haaland next year, so can we just go crazy one more? So that's really the only reason I see us going big. Yeah, you haven't even mentioned the best performer for you all year was obviously uh, Zinchenko when he forgot to mark in the Champions League final for a minute. <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> Kai Havertz slipped through. Nice. The stakes were so loving. high. <laughs> yeah, no, I think people do forget how high the stakes were for Chelsea, where it's like, yes, they finished the season Champions League winners. Didn't you like lose to Aston Villa on Mate. the last day of the season <laughs> to put you in the Europa League yeah, spot? If Leicester, if Leicester didn't, um, you know, pull a Leicester, you know, Chelsea I, was. Yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a really spicy. It was, like, um, Champions League final. Uh, last last summer, or like last end of last season, is the craziest end of the season I think I've ever had as a Chelsea fan. Nuts! So much I to play for, so much to go wrong, and then like the biggest thing went right. Amazing. But I think as United, Arsenal, Spurs, and Chelsea fans, we can all take a collective minute to laugh at the fact that. Guardiola decided not to play Rodri or Fernandinho the first time all season in the Champions League final. Bizarre, he all, he always outsmarts tactics. himself. Yeah. That was, a, <laughs> I mean, I, I, credit, credit where credit's due. That was, I mean, even the way Tuchel set the side up, that was just very well done. Like that, Chelsea well, they, bossed yeah. that game. It was, we yeah. blitzed them, and we could have got, we could have gone in three 0 at half time. Classic. We blitzed them. It was so good. It was so good. But like, but you're so right. So much to play for. That was the Hail Mary. Like, if you'd won the FA yeah. Cup, great. If you'd secured top four, yeah, great. Everything had yeah. gone, sh like, gone to shit, and you're like, right, fuck it. This has to be yeah. the one. And it yeah. was. But I also, well, I felt like we were going to win all week. Like, I w it just felt like this is so set up for Chelsea to do a smash and cry. If one team is going to do it, it's Chelsea. I think the rest of us collectively felt like we were going to lose either way. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, w I was trying to, to, 
mind fuck myself into being happy with yeah. whatever outcome knowing it was a lose-lose yeah yeah the week you lost the europa league final as well it was oh, yeah. so good i so landed good. on carl i landed on carl needed a win that day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> appreciate it mate yeah the, the pure joy, pure joy <laughs> yeah. in your eyes carl that was, a, yeah. that was enough for mate, uh, honestly i've got a it's a wild year for me uh personally but this will always be the year that we won the champions league <laughs> sure <laughs> like everything else comes second <laughs> Well, Carl, this might surprise yeah. you. It's been a wild year for everyone. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> so there's this virus, right? <laughs> well, let me put this. Let me put this to you, Carl. I think we talk about the state of Chelsea's squad right uh, right now and whether or not they need to bring in a transfer. I looked at United last season and and, and finishing second. I felt very much that we couldn't have played better like we couldn't have brought more out of our squad like that was the zenith of our squad and it was second place and we need to invest like that was my walk away feeling from last summer like did any player significantly let us down no that's just how good the squad was i look at chelsea there are some serious underperformers in that team where if you can get them to click it'll be a completely different story but i guess the way signing someone is a gamble, waiting on Werner to come good, like what's the deal with Havertz and Ziyech, where does Pulisic fit in? That's that's an equal gamble, but more something firmly in Tuchel's hands to solve. Um, what do you think is going to be a key unlocking difference this season that, that you guys should try out or or have? Yeah, what's the no, wrong way to get these players to perform? Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, I think um, uh, the Euros uh, mean that, like, I, I would actually be interested to really think about, and this is why the Declan Rice thing is weird, but, like, really think about a Jorginho-led midfield. You know, like, like, can we actually, like, unlock what he's all about? He's, and, and at times, of, like, really get him to, like, run this team. Um, so I am interested in like can like a Kante Jorginho partnership sustain for the whole season. It clicked a few times towards the back end, but I'm interested to see what happens there. And then like listen, like I actually not often talked about, but I think Pulisic was our most disappointing performer in the run-in. Like Werner was the most obvious one, like slicing chances from three yards out, <laughs> but at least he got there. Like Pulisic just, you know, and he carried us at the run-in of the pre... So, like, as a, like a maybe a more thoughtful, like, um, attack-minded midfield run by Jorginho when, like, Tuchel very clearly at the end when he came in, it was like a back five, you know, he was using the three centre-backs and the two DMs truly defensively. Um, and then, like, I am actually excited to, like, try and just get the likes of Pulisic and um, maybe Ziyech, but I'm not sure. Like, just better service. I just feel like, I don't know. So, uh, it's hey, you've asked me a really hard question. But <laughs> I, 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 that's kind of like, we, we were playing a defensive 3-4-3. What happens if we play like an attacking 3-4-3 led by Jorginho? And what, like, so, I think, yeah. So, one of, my, one of my follow-up questions was, who do you think is going to be Chelsea's most important player next season? And I want to hone in on Jorginho. And I think the most classic, like, um, like an I'm better than you football take is, like, if you don't know what Jorginho does for a team, you don't know football. <laughs> yeah. And I, 
I'll admit, I watched the Euros. I know Jorginho was amazing. You can feel it. I don't, I don't know how to, I still don't know how to describe him as a player. Yeah. And what he does. And I'm yeah. wondering if you can do that. Yeah, I think for, I, for me in the audience. I, I know it sounds uh, banal, but he like moves the ball. And he That's like, all, I mean, when I say that out loud, I'm like, yeah, no, I know, stupid. I know. So I had you but, do it. But like, I think, you know, like everyone can do little one twos and everyone can sort of, you know, I see myself as like a Paul String center midfield player when that's obviously just a ridiculous notion. But like he his sort of like radius of understanding, I think, is bigger. Like he sees like simple balls like 10 yards further. And so when I say he moves the ball around, I think he genuinely can like run a bigger, you know, he's not just a busy player. He's a thoughtful, busy player. And, but, it, but it, yeah, like, uh, you know, it's a bit of a mystery. And, and I don't know if it's actually a bit of a mythology. And, you know, he, he just, you know, I, there's all these like, oh, he makes good players play even better kind of th- things. But, but it, it must be true, dude. He's going to win the Ballon d'Or, according to the Italians. So <laughs> he must be, he must be good. Uh, by the way, when you say like, like, um, I still want, like, if you asked me, what do you want next season, more than anything, it would probably be like a 25-goal season for Werner. Maybe would want that more than the league. I just want, uh, I just want him to, like, have a good time on the, you know what I mean? I just want him to, that would be so awesome if he started banging it in all the time. I'd be so stoked for him. Well, they changed the offside rule for him, so yeah. he should have at least yeah. five more. I, I think I I they're, told... they're, they're bringing in smaller center backs for him, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> I think I told James once. I really want to. It's so it's so hard. It's you, when, you know, when you had like three offsides in one game, like scored three goals or offside. I really wanted him to score a fourth and then run up to the VAR screen for his celebration and check the line. I'm just like, mate. <laughs> but he didn't score fourth. Shock horror. It's so good. But anyway, so my heart wants Werner to have uh, the season that he deserves because, um, yeah. Just stop being a meme. Yeah, and by the way, yeah. this whole, like, um, he's a good footballer. You, you know football if you know that this player is good or bad. Like, I think that applies to Jorginho, applies to Mount, but it also applies to Werner. If you watch Chelsea play... He doesn't score the goals he should, but we would be a lesser team without him. Like, yeah, I, I, there's two varying levels of confidence when I say Fred's going to come good and when I say <laughs> Werner's going to come good. Like, one, you can see the evidence is there. The other's like, oh. Go on, Fred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought Havertz was that player for you. Oh, Havertz has come good. Havertz, mate, if Havertz no, but- retires now, like... he's done it all dude like are you kidding me Champions League final like everyone says Mount absolutely but Havertz was pointing where he wanted the ball when he was running out of midfield like Havertz also knew what was going on and he point like Mount just looked up saw Havertz point and hit a sweet part like Havertz knew what he was doing and knew what was happening and he was like he man he can do whatever he wants (laughs) that moment moment aside though sorry uh, that moment aside, though, I feel like Mount's not really gotten the credit like he deserved for that second yeah. half of the season. He was almost like doing that Jorginho thing of running the game, yeah. like a little bit further forward. But yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and even in the England squad team when he was like playing, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever, mate. Even in the England team, like it, people were like, oh, you can take Mount. like Mount closes down. Like, Mount does a lot. Mount is an excellent player. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well. 
We've had our we've had our main meals, and now it's time for dessert. <laughs> Save the best for last, Marcus. Patrick, we need to back up here, right? Yeah, this is, Patrick's going to be very uh, vocal in the in this phase of the podcast. I can tell. Marcus, well, I'll just I think, log off now. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I got this one, Marcus. Don't worry. Yep. <laughs> there's no there's no better way to kick off the Arsenal section than with this question. What is your level in the tolerance meter? What is your level of tolerance for Arteta right now? And, and your stance uh, good on him. Question. Good question. Good question. Good question. Good question. So I, I, I have a lot of time for Arteta. I do think he's the right person for the, uh, for the club. Um, I don't know if this ever got brought up. It's not a big deal, but never got brought up. It's not a big deal. But last year you asked me it's what my prediction was for Arsenal. It's not, it's not a big thing. I just I had to slide it in. I just have it written down somewhere. <laughs> I just have this tattoo Run on my the forearm. Tape. <laughs> um, Let's go ahead and play that clip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my prediction was that we'd come top four in uh, uh, least goals conceded. And sure enough, we were third because as soon as Arteta came in, the first thing he focused on was sorting out the back four. And... Right away, that's what we figured out. And then the next thing he started to do was his new project, which was, all right, can we take this back four that can now defend and get them to play from the back? And we started to see signs of it at the end of the season. But when you're trying to play out from the back and your right back is Hector Bellerin, you're immediately in trouble. So he's already started to kind of make moves to bring in the right people to do that. So I think even if Arteta gets off to a slow start this year, I feel like it's a sort of a, it's a trust the process moment in the club. Yeah, first of all, that's your... Um your May manager of the month. So let's let's yeah. put some respect on his name. Yeah. Uh, they did have a good end that, of the season. That end, yeah, that end they, of the Arsenal season is so was classic. classic. Yeah. Like, keep, the, keep the cycle going. Yeah, it's not, just brilliant. nothing yeah. matters so, anymore. Let's get William another contract. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's slow down. Every single year, I always see the, oh, the Premier League table if it only started at Christmas and like Arsenal's like, <laughs> like second, like tied with City and all that. Wow, brilliant. Yeah, and so obviously, you know, there's still question marks about Arteta. He's been managing professionally for a year and a half in mid-pandemic. I think this team at this point, um, there's been 12 players signed under his tutelage. So I think it's starting to become his team. I think this year is a time where we can start to properly judge him. But I think what's more important, uh, whether or not Arteta is the guy or not, James just laughing uncontrollably inside a completely measured tank. I just love the we can start to judge him. <laughs> like, Twelve players he signed. He's. I think I, we could start to call it his team. He's literally got more players than players can play. <laughs> well, that's with four anyway, in this window. No, 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 no. sorry. This is a masterclass. Also, this doesn't this. doesn't sound like a question, Pat. Sounds like you've taken over the pod. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm here just to talk for thirty minutes at this point, and I'm I'm just in the. It's gonna come all. It's gonna preamble. Sorry. No, my, my, my general point is I think Arsenal has been in need of a reset for several years. And there have been stopgap solutions, not necessarily at the managerial level, uh, but, you know, even signing as much as, as, as their contribution has been. But uh, a Lacazette or a Bamiyan, that doesn't take us to that to that next level. If you look at the recruitment strategy uh, between Lakanga, uh, Tavares, both 21-year-olds, Ben White, yes, it's a bit of an overpay, but he's 23 years old. He's Arteta's guy. You know, this is the recruitment strategy is one that I think aligns finally with what Arsenal needs, which is we need to build for two, three years in the future. We are not a team that's going to compete for a title right now. And so with the recruitment strategy now aligned with that managerial strategy, and that's something culturally I can get behind. And I think something that this isn't a slight, but truly only Arsenal fans would recognize is Arsenal plays better when 
uh, Arteta has time to prepare for games. He is a tinkerer. He is somebody who likes to to really. I mean, look at the FA Cup. Uh, we had no business winning the FA Cup last year, and he p- prepared, I thought, brilliantly for 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 Manchester City and Chelsea uh, two years ago, I should say. And I think not having Europe, as laughable as that is, will allow us for a little bit more focus in the Premier League. I think you're going to see a more organized side, and I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. I think you know, barring a, a complete catastrophic year, you know, mid-table finish. I think getting into Europe, it's a low bar, but I think getting into Europe is going to see Arteta earn himself another season. I think the board is backing him. I don't know, quite frankly, how desirable Arsenal is to one of those top-tier managers right now. So I think this is the correct path. And you have a lot of people, you know, it always comes out and you can drink the Kool-Aid all you want, but Emile Smith-Rowe signing a long contract, Bakayo Saka signing a long contract, extending uh, a Martinelli, getting in these young people... It's, it's a project that I think Arsenal fans can be excited about, and there's going to be um, some valleys along the way. you know. But I think that there's also some really, really exciting things. Obviously, uh, the, the, those players that I mentioned are you know, just – our team is run by 19-year-olds, and I think that says all you need to know. Yeah, I think Arsenal right now, like everything is just about age. Like Obviously, Varane is a better player than Ben White, but Varane was the right signing for United, and Ben White was the right signing for us, because United's going to make their push in the next year or two, and so Varane's on that stage where he's ready to go and try win the title. Ben White isn't there, but then four years from now, three years from now, whenever Tierney, Saka, Smith-Rowe have been around a while, that's whenever mm-hmm. like he'll be coming into his prime. So basically, Arsenal need to take the newly divorced man approach and just disregard anyone over the age of 27. If it over to that, just don't even don't even look at them. Just twenty seven and under is our rule. <laughs> I didn't bring do, back Wang, I didn't bring realize... back Wanger's pedo playbook. <laughs> oh my god. I don't oh my god. I don't I didn't realise, you know, um I'd seen Ben White like obviously uh play and like I, I'd actually think really highly of Ben White. Yes, fifty million might be overpaid, but I think he is a great centre back. Um but I didn't expect him to be such a like diamond earring geezer. You know, when he like, oh, yeah. like yeah. just like, because like as Arsenal started being linked with him, you started seeing photos of him like, you know, in casual clothing. And I was like, what the, f- what, like, <laughs> yeah. who is like, this guy? He's like, it's time to leave he's Brighton and like, he went to, the, just, went to yeah. the store. He's dripping in that 50 million. I thought he was just dripping. <laughs> I thought he was just the, this kind, quiet guy yeah. backing up Dan, Dan Byrne at Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> so much drip. Well, no, I, you guys. Marcus and Patrick, collectively, I think you guys actually make a good point that I can I can get behind. It's easy to banter Arsenal when they're posting, they just figured out who Lukonga was, and they're posting like, oh, he's about to dominate the Premier League, like highlight reels, like like he's that guy already. Like, I think that's banterable. What I, I actually respect in your guys' opinion is you can finally look at Arsenal and say, the approach is build something for X years down the road. And that's the collective ethos for everyone who you're bringing in, whether it's Ben White, Tavares, et cetera, versus like we're bringing in the next uh, Aubameyang. We're bringing in like a 30-year-old who has been amazing, but like we don't know if he's going to be good. But we're still in this like fake win now mentality. Like, yeah, I can, For I, years I, we did that. For years we thought this is our guy. This is going to win it for us. And it never mm-hmm. was. We didn't have the team around mm-hmm. them. So it's good to like take a step back and actually think for the future for once. Is this, the, is this the first season Arsenal starts without the shadow of Ozil hanging over the dressing room? Or, or did you, you know, did you sell him in the winter or something? Like, is this like, I feel like, this is the first yeah, time, was, first time we're talking about Arsenal without being like, and you know, maybe Ozil can make it right. back in the sport, you know. No. It, it, does, it, does it feel refreshing not yeah. to have to Yeah, feels talk refreshing about to listen to. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It does feel like a new yeah. dawn. Also, at the start of this year, when there was a wall still like lingering, I think it was kind of before the real emergence of Smith Rowe. So like we needed like Urzel had to be one of the guys. Yeah, so we yeah didn't know you're we like you, have, you don't yeah. have a ten. You don't have a ten, but you mm -hmm. do. You've got the world's yeah. greatest ten sitting on like yeah, 500 mate. k. I'm like yeah. Yeah, the Croydon De Bruyne was just li lingering <laughs> in the background. <laughs> right, <laughs> his move. Uh, well, let me ask. Let me ask this to to you, Marcus, and Patrick, Patrick, you as well. Um, I think it's clear between the two of you there is you do have time for Arteta. There's there's no Arteta out sentiment amongst the two of you. Um, as far as players go, who do you think has the most to prove immediately? Not in like a long term viewpoint, but like who this next season has to prove themselves in, in that squad. That's Before a really good question. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Question, yeah. I Thank think. You. Um... Thank you. No, no, it's actually a good question. <laughs> this guy's good. They said he yeah. was good. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read a, I saw a flyer about it. Wood... <laughs> Everyone in London's talking about it. Woodward and Bernstein over here. <laughs> uh, I think this is a big, big season for Lacazette. I kind of think with the project, Aubameyang's just that little bit older, and I sort of think there's going to be plans to phase him out regardless. I think Lacazette, because he's been so hot and cold, I think he could still sort of work his way into this team that is successful in a couple of years from now. And also we don't have like another striker that's like as proven as he is. We have like Martinelli. I think Nketiah needs to leave, but we have uh, Balu gone. But like, I think Lacazette, he needs to come out really hot at the start of the season. Um, don't know what you think, Patrick? Yeah, and I, I think Lacazette for me... Uh, was better for the Arsenal side with, uh, I nearly said De Bruyne, with, uh, with Emile Smith-Rowe. Uh, when Emile Smith-Rowe came in, uh, you know, his, his link-up play is brilliant. That's one of the things that he really yeah. brings to the side. And Aubameyang, uh, as, as good as he is, is not the type of guy to play with his back to goal. Yeah. And Lacazette loves coming back into the midfield, spinning off, mm -hmm. drawing fouls, uh, and, you know, doing, doing all of that. Check uh, for me, um, there's... I mean, unfortunately, I think he took a, a, a pretty nasty knock today. But Thomas Partey is somebody who I think uh, he needs to control that midfield. Uh, he, and I, I really, really rate him. I think he's somebody who, who can. Um, Nicola Pepe, I think this is the year, especially with the emergence of Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, you know, if you're going to be displaced, uh, let's, let's, let's just, you know, remove the, the dollar figure. But if you're going to be displaced by a couple of 20-year-olds, uh, then basically... You know, where's, where's your place in the team? So those two, I think, have to prove something immediately to me. And um, I hate to say this, but honestly, I think Martinelli's really got to earn his place in a rotation. You know, I, I think that he's still one for the future. I think he's someone who will probably, you know, it, I would like to see him have, uh, you know, in all comps, you know, a 10, a 10 to 15 goal season. You know, I think he's got that capability and I think he's kind of being forgotten. Um I mean, I can, there's so many people that have stuff to prove at Arsenal, but mm -hmm. why are we not selling Joe Willock for $20 million is another question that I have. Yeah. If that's really what Newcastle is willing to offer, why are we keeping Joe Willock? So, I mean, I don't think he's going to replicate his form, so I'm just interested to see if he can make it. And this is a, a team without the Europa, with the Europa League. A lot of this makes more sense, right? You yeah. have 12 more games where you can trot out the 20-year-olds and see what they're capable of. Yeah. But we don't have that, so 
It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. And sure, well, I like, still he, think, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Just, just like, yeah, have to get rid of him now because six months ago he was worth about five million. Six months from now he'll be worth five million. Like, we need to get rid of him off the back of that uh, end of the season for Newcastle. And it seems right. like, like I'm like friends with Newcastle supporters. They want him as well. So, yeah, yeah of course. And, and, and yeah, so there's it's it, Carl mentioned it right. Like we. We need some some outgoings, uh, and now seems like Granite Xhaka might be giving a new contract extension, which could be blocking, uh, you know, Lakanga's growth if, if he's meant to come in there and be a, a partner for Party long term. So, uh, and then I guess even, I mean, I guess the the thing that's still left unsaid at this point is good window so far. I, I still think that we need two, three more players for me to be satisfied with this with this summer. Um, you know, will I be comfortable with? A Hector Bellerin, Callum Chambers rotation at right back. Absolutely not. Uh, I love Callum Chambers, but I'd much rather he be a rotational piece than the nailed-on starter. Uh, you know, happy with the happy with the center defense, happy with the bit we've done uh, at left back. But I think we need still a backup goalkeeper. I hope it's not Aaron Ramsdale for thirty million dollars. That we need more help <laughs> in the center of the midfield. And I would love to bring in um, you know another 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 striker. Maybe that's next summer though. With Aubameyang having a year left on his deal, being sold. I'd, I've been hearing links about Tammy Abraham, which I think is actually a, a decent, yeah, I, a decent buy. Can we talk I about really that? Do. Can we talk about that? Like, I think that, <laughs> I think so too. I think Tammy. Ab- it's. I don't yeah. understand. It's a trap. Thing. It's a trap. Carl thinks it's a good. No, deal. I no, I like <laughs> Willian 2.0. No, yeah. not at all. I just, I actually think Tammy, he would be Tammy Abraham would be good for us. I don't understand why he's not more respected at Chelsea. Like, I genuinely. Yeah, goals, like, for, goals per minute. He dude, was incredible in that spell he got. Yeah, he's a great player. He's a great player. And, a, like, yeah. fits the, like, you know, grow with Arsenal vibe. And, like, you know, he's, and he's a better he's striker than Lacazette. Lacazette. Maybe a better finisher, but I think that yeah, build-up play certainly. that James... That build-up play James referenced earlier, that I think it was the goal against West Brom that, like, it was basically just Smith throw and Lacazette just doing about three one-twos and squaring it to Saka. I don't yeah. see Tammy Abraham doing that, no. but I think he will, he will provide more goals. And Lacazette's good for an absolute banger against Spurs once a oh, year, and that's worth it. its weight. Oh, yeah. 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 Inject it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he get one last year? He did. He had an absolute screamer in the uh, in the one we lost, I believe. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. I recall. Uh, uh, Marcus. Just what? the one that we lost this year. <laughs> just the one. <laughs> Lamella Rabona's aside. Oh, to- oh Thomas, um, are you sad that – I guess his name's Coco. Are you sad Coco? Coco's leaving? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's one of those players that – I, I it's I wouldn't say like lot legend, but I think kind of cult became a cult hero that he came in with so much expectation. I think he was seen as the like for like replacement for Bale, and I think is is one of those players that by the end of it, you, know, you read the story, he essentially had to be like convinced to leave the club. Like you, you saw it out there, the shithousery in the North London derby is like I th- I think he was just well loved, and you knew he put in a shift. But uh. you know, I think ultimately, I you know, I think it, this has come up a few times, and I think Carl, you made a really good point when you started talking about moving players in and out. I think one of the biggest issues we've had as a club is that we've been maybe a little bit sentimental and let players hang on too long. Now we have a lot of dead weight in the squad. It looks like we're moving players on, but there's been you know this is what Pops was talking about three four years about about there needs to be a rebuild. There's just yeah. so much so much wages tied up in players that just aren't really delivering. So. Yes, sad to see him go, but I also think this is kind of this is what needs to happen. Like we need, definitely need to shift players out and Man, it's kind of so, refresh. It's, I think it's every team. It's so hard to sell. It's so hard to sell right yeah. now. Yeah, and like yeah, it's just every team is trying. It's more interested in selling than buying at times. Yeah, and you yeah. value the you value the players mm-hmm. at more than the market will allow for. Yeah. So you you wind it down, you wind it down, you end but, up 
I, either get yeah. fleeced or keep it on people and have the you, wages eat up at you. Yeah. You could get Tammy Abraham for like 30, 35 million and Ben White went for 50 million. I mean, like, I, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a last, I got a last, well, I got a last, I got a last question for you, Marcus, on the Arsenal segment. And then we, uh, you can feel free to disagree, <laughs> but from the outside looking in, I think it's a fair statement that players like Emil Smith-Rowe and Bakayo Saka are both some of Arsenal's best players, but they're also potential players. They're not the finished article, they're growing players. And you guys are, I know it's jokes, but you're talking about ESR in the same breath as the Mesut Ozil replacement. Like he's going to run that attacking midfielder position. He's got the number 10 jersey. Um, How confident are you guys that players like Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe can deliver on what's now being expected of them. Like, I think the expectations on them going into this season are astronomically higher than last season. I'm not saying unfairly so. Maybe it's just the next natural progression. But are you guys nervous at all that they might not come to be those sort of, like, future world-class Arsenal players that's expected? Like, how, how, how are we tempering expectations on your end? Uh, I think for me personally, I'm not like next year. I'm not expecting much. I think it's like it's such a long transition to get to kind of where we need to be, and they're still going to be so young, like 19, 20. Whereas it's going to be whenever they're 23, 24 that we're sort of pushing on a bit. Um, Despite being starters. Yeah, well, the, that's they're going to have to just kind of grow into the roles. I think yeah. the the standard of the league right now, Arsenal fans. I know we're going to be delusional and we're all going to say, "Oh, we need top four. But like, we are football nowhere fans near. in general. Yeah, yeah, just humans. Um, <laughs> top four of like Chelsea, United, City, and now like Liverpool having like the most player event, most important player Van Dyke back. Like, we are we're not even in that conversation. I think if Arteta manages to get us top six, that's a really good accomplishment. Um, and I think I just hope I just hope that. They're not going to do it this year. They're not going to like push top four of the young players. I just want the fans to be patient enough to give not only Arteta but Smithrow, Saka, even like the likes of Tierney and stuff, time to uh, to kind of grow into the players that they will become. Yeah, and I'd agree. I think that the you know whether they feel the pressure or not. First of all, I'm not worried about uh, either either of these two. Uh, I think their character and their quality are are such that they will they will grow into these roles. Um, this might be that Arsenal delusion coming to the fore, but I think that their floor uh, is is you know one of the big six starters, right? I think that that's their floor. You know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that their ceiling is is certainly higher. Uh, but I think something that, that that certainly will give Arsenal fans or Arsenal fans will give them a little bit more leeway is we're used to seeing completely dead performances from. You know, people in their late twenties, early thirties, on massive wages mm-hmm. that are supposed mm-hmm. to be the people carrying our team, and so something that we've seen. You know, we you can you can take Emil Smith Rowe out of the game, you can take Bakayo Saka out of the game, um, but they're they're pushing on. Kieran Tierney is pushing on, whereas you you you, you see a um at times, uh, you know, become a little bit more reserved, pull back. You see that out of Nicola Pepe, Lacazette, uh, even you know some of the players in the midfield. And so I think that for me, it's more about, it's less about, you know, where do we finish in the league? I agree. Uh, you know, my, my ideal season is that we're, you know, within, in the last five games of the season, we're in with a shout for the top four. You know, that we're, I think it's going to require one of those top four teams, those four teams that you mentioned, uh, falling off. But that's, if we're, if we're looking objectively at what's happened in each of the last five years, one, one team is likely to do so, whether it's injuries, underperformance, one of those teams is going to finish 
you know, around 70 points. And that's, yeah, I, that's an attainable target for me uh, to be in the, you know, Arsenal finished 61 points last year. You can't tell me that we can't push on to be in the mid-60s, high-60s. So for me, I think pushing on, you know, challenging for the top four but not quite getting there is like, that's an, that's, that's a, that's an accomplished season for me. Uh, and these are the, the these players, as long as we can kind of continue to grow, develop them, there's a cultural improvement, there's more accountability, we stay solid at the back, you know, get top three in, 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 in goals allowed. Um, and, you know, we still seem to be, at least anecdotally speaking, the banterable club, you know, Rob Holding and Pablo Mario, center backs, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, that's it's something that Arteta our, our did sort out. So if we can become a little bit more progressive uh, attacking, uh, that culture is a little bit, you know, it's, teams I still think feel like they can just take it to Arsenal. And I think that I'd, I'd like to see us take it to some more clubs. And I'm not talking about taking it to the Manchester Cities. I'd just like to you know, take it to a West Ham rather than get run over for 30 minutes and then, you know, come on back and right. tie 3-3 and just go, yeah, we did it. <laughs> like, oh, wait, no, we didn't. You know, yeah. so I'd like to see that level of improvement. I've got unlimited patience, and I think the fans will for the people that came out of Hailing as well. Yeah, I think I think you're so right about the point you made earlier about the effort. Like, they won't put 10, 10 out of 10 performances every week, but they will always give 100%. That's Smith Rowe, Saka, and like even Martinelli is just one of those guys that no matter how he's playing, he's working harder than anyone else on the pitch. Right. Yeah. All right, gents. I know we're coming up to the hour mark, so let's let's bring it to a close here. I got a wrap up question and sort of game for uh, for each of you to answer, and that that's going to be to bring us home. Thomas, you're going to be familiar with this because we did this with United and Spurs, and there were a whole lot of fun players to choose from. But I need you guys to go around and choose your favorite player who's played for both your club. And one of the other two clubs on the pod. So Thomas, that's a player who's played all time. Just yeah, just favorite player ever. Okay, player who's played for Spurs and either Chelsea or Arsenal. Yeah, go and ahead. then yeah, okay, easy mechanic there. And then just give us your finishing uh, finishing position prediction for where your team's going to land, and then maybe a bold, spicy prediction that can just be a general statement about the Premier League. So Thomas, let's uh, let's start with you, man. Should I go with William Gallus? he did come to mind the number 10 center back the number 10 center back oh man i'm drawing a blank on that right now he played for all three right yeah that's why i went there but i'm yeah the holy trinity i'm I'm definitely not soul campbell no there's mine yeah Yeah, he might come up well you can (laughs) he might come up oh boy i'm i'm drawing a blank right now out of your if you'd like to like to punch us right back What's that? Oh, Annabelle, you're a great one. But, dude, you have Ashley Cole. You've got Petr Cech. You've got Dabby. Wait, what? No, you've no, 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 I don't. No, yours. No, but, like, do uh, they, don't they? Oh, no, sorry. They're awesome. No, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Adebayo is a good <laughs> shout. I think he was... I, I think I loved him more when he left Spurs, but I think a good shout there. I think he kind of redeemed himself, got a lot of got a love when he uh, pulled that shit at City. Running to the away supporters, I think that kind of endeared him. I think he's he's a, he's a nut, and I think that's I think if of... you watch that video again, it, um, he gets a bad rap for that. It was really just he was going back to the center circle, and the the Arsenal fans happened to be there. Yeah, so I, I think he, I, don't I think, think he's that a... at all. <laughs> Let's run the tape. Yeah, I think I think he's within a good shout, but I don't I don't know if there's been tons of others I can think of off the top. So I'll 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 stick with him. Um, and then in terms of position, I think. Unfortunately, I think Chelsea's the only one that's going to finish in the top four. Uh, I think it sounds like uh, our, our, my friends on the Arsenal side here are in the same boat as us as being. I think being realistic, and I think we're we're, we're all looking for 
steps in the right direction. Signs um, of life. Signs of life. Yeah, uh, I, I think we'll. I think. I think similarly for us, I think we'll probably be somewhere in the top six, probably pushing for top four. But I think we're just in a cycle where the traditional big four, you know, the Liverpools, the cities, uh, Chelsea, not traditional, but the big four, as you will, have just gotten, they strengthened. And I think Liverpool's due to bounce back. I think just it's going to be really hard for anyone else to, to see in there. So I think I'll say we'll probably finish fifth. And I, I could see Arsenal somewhere seven or eight. Um, sounds like things are trending in the right direction. So I, you know, don't want to give them too much credit, but I think I think we'll, that that's kind of why I see it. Probably Chelsea third, Spurs fifth, Arsenal seventh. All right, and then any, oh, any general any general bold predictions, or was that was that the the Arsenal? Oh, I think uh, general bold predictions. Uh, Anything I mean, I think, Premier League related. Anything Premier League related? I, could, I mean, I think it would be wild if uh, Kane goes to City and somehow like loses a Cup final and doesn't doesn't get any <laughs> yeah. silverware. That, yeah. that would be the wild prediction. Uh, I, I think I think City's going to be honestly again like with the money and investment. I think they're over thirty eight games. They're just going to be next to impossible to catch. So I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take the title again. I think United are going to be really good. Um, Varane. Coming in, uh, Jaden. Like I think they're they're just a good team, and they're they've gotten better. So mm-hmm. uh, last year I predicted the you know, uh, Manchester top two. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're if Thomas, they're knocking. Thomas pulling a Marcus there. I, I, like, you if know, you check the tape. Yeah, <laughs> check the tape. Check the tape. But I think I think they're going to be quite good this year as well. Nice. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Carl, let's, let's hear it. Um, hey, by the way, Scott Parker played for both Chelsea and Spurs, and he's a good one to like. By the, um, I, I did some Googling. I love Scotty Parker. Right? He's a good twist. one. Oh, yeah. oh Scotty Parker was yeah. legend. Handsome. Glad he didn't wind up our manager, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He <laughs> gets away with so much just because he's well-dressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, for me... Um, it's going to have to be David Luiz just because, you know, he's just the most hilarious footballer to ever have played and at times was actually primo never, never when he got to <laughs> Arsenal but, so, um, but like I also, uh, I generally and I blurted them out earlier, like um, Ashley Cole is probably the best player to have played for Arsenal and Chelsea and then Petr Cech is you know um, he he is sure, he is uh, he's made it into the Chelsea boardroom really elegantly. You know what I mean? Like he has transitioned up really nicely in the way he spoke at the like fallout of the Super League to the Chelsea fans. Like I just yeah respect. So those are my players. He's still wearing the helmet in the boardroom. Oh mate, he should have worn the helmet when he went out to meet the fucking fans. That's for sure because they could have easily smashed that skull in. Um, that was my that was my favorite ever FIFA glitch where if you were trying to sign Petr Cech it would take you to that scene where you're in the uh, full suit. the conference room and he shows up in a full suit and the headgear. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, predictions. I'll just say top four. I just don't. I for Chelsea. I just don't like. You know. I, I really. We we were pinging around from third like at the in the last few weeks of the last season and i do think um it's gonna be i agree with um thomas like city will like over 38 games comfortably separate and then there'll just be this like filthy exciting slugfest from second to sixth so i'm just like top four i do think um if we get a star striker then who knows uh and my gen i don't really have um like a gen- I, I'm just super excited for fans being back. Um, 
I just and I'm I think it's gonna be slightly I think I've got used to like an every three days steady diet of football that like I guess might not be so my predictions are just better games but also like I'm just gonna be missing football because it's not on every guess, other day. I guess that is a bold prediction in the way where you're 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 underselling the Delta variant. Your fans. Oh oh, dude, it's so true. And what am I talking about? Yeah, maybe not. Oh yeah. Gosh, yeah, okay. No, 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 I'm just... No, but you're right, who knows? But either way, I just think football is going to get more... Like, it's, you're so right. Arteta basically has only managed in a bubble. Like, it's sort of interesting. People forget. Yeah. yeah. I, and I've so said this before. That, benefit at times. I, yeah. yeah, it actually works to Arteta's favor. I'm just interested to see how fans returning will... Like, even Saka and the likes who have had breakout seasons have done so in front of fans. And you could say oh. well, Saka was amazing over the European Cup, but... Did he let the pressure of fans get to him and the PK? Mm. I don't know. Like, it's just going to be interesting and I'm here for it. And I, don't, I think we'll have some surprising, like, Leeds might end up doing really well because they love their fans. And then, like, an Arsenal might get torn down by their fans. I just don't know. I'm very excited for Saka to return to the Emirates. I think it's yeah. going to be Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. A hero's return, for sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, Marcus, Marcus, bring us home. Yeah, so uh, undoubtedly his name was mentioned already. Saul Campbell has to be the one. I think he had that quote that was like, oh, I, want, I always wanted to win the title at White Hart Lane, so I moved to Arsenal. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, followed through. What a man. Uh, he's gone, gone off the rails a little bit since uh, since taking up a managerial career, but uh, still love the man. Um, what was next? Was our prediction for where we'll finish? I'm going to be a bit optimistic, as I've always been and always been wrong. But I'm gonna go with we'll, we'll we'll finish fifth, I think. Uh, like I said, there's just that that top four that I just don't think we're cracking. Um, yeah. I think if things had carried on, Liverpool would have been the one that I think could have uh, slipped. But with Van Dijk coming back, I think that's that's just a game changer. They'll be closer to their form two years ago than their form mm -hmm. last year. Um, and then was it? Uh, oh, uh, other prediction. Um, I think um, I think Brentford are gonna like I, I think they're gonna stay up, and I think in the next couple of years they're gonna be the sort of first domino that sort of changes how things are done in the Prem. Of just like reading about how they like how they manage their club and how they play football and stuff. Like the 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 sporting director's obsessed with throw-ins. He thinks like throw-ins are like the most valuable thing a team can win. And like he has all these interesting policies. That. Yeah, yeah, and he has all these interesting policies about. The sort of players he transfers, he's got all these rules, and I think if Brentford, like if they push on in the next few years, I think some of those learnings are going to be applied to other clubs. It'll be sort of uh, everyone uses mm -hmm. the Moneyball reference. I'd love to see it kind of spice things up a little bit. Yeah. How throw-ins change the game? Mm -hmm. We're talking about getting rid of them, so strike <laughs> while the iron's hot, Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> totally amazing. Uh, all right. Uh, just last thing, because I was picking up, I was picking up City to win the title vibes from I think about all of you. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Can someone just make James happy and say no, 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 no. It's not about. I, it's not I, about dude, I, I, I will confidently say it's not going to be United. Okay, I, Carl. I, I expect, I expect yeah, nothing less. Yeah. From you. I mean, I think this is the season where Solskjaer finally gets found out. 
Yeah, hundred percent agree. He's not. He's actually got such a good squad, and if he can't do it with this, which he won't, people will realize he's yeah. no clue what he's doing. Yeah. Hey, this is hey, in the same. So this is in the same family as uh, we can finally start to judge Arteta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I have to say, I, I don't even. I don't even hundred percent agree with my statement. I was just trying to shit stir. No, no, well. no. But, but can we keep it on the question? I'm getting City to win the title vibes. Is that is that true from Oli? Yeah, I'm City yeah. to win. Well, it's not going to yeah. be United. I, that's all we know. <laughs> Let's City or it, Spurs? Let's keep it on City track. Or Spurs. It's, not it's just not going to be United, man. Okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. look if you look at if you look at the last five years, aside to Liverpool hitting that spike of form, I mean, mm-hmm. it's they've sure. been utterly dominant. I love calling it a spike of form. Yes, <laughs> a champion. So Two amazing. years at 100 points. Yes, yeah, so yeah. no, but I mean, I, no, no, no. I I don't mean to, to downplay that, but I mean that's just incredible against that. But if you look at on the whole, they've won what right. it would have been five on the trot and. It's just the amount of money that they're able to pour out and the depth in it. It's just it's they're almost playing a different game. In fa- and I don't want to take. In fairness, Chelsea is due a win. I feel like we come in with a win like every three, four years. You know what I mean? So oh, in the Premier League. Yeah, I think like Chelsea oh, uh, are set for like, you know, that win. So, but I agree with you, um, Thomas. Uh, Chelsea are. Um, I think their odds are. Yeah, their odds are decent. I think they're second or third in the bookmakers yeah. right now. Hey, can, can, can I ask you all a quick question before we go, which is an equally interesting. Where do you think Leicester will finish? <laughs> like, because Leicester's, all, like, we all talk top four, five. We're all like, oh, and this, but like, there is also Leicester. And, you know, are, are they going to finally make it into the top four? Or are they going to do another Leicester? Are they going to do another Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them getting top four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just not fully convinced by their squad. Um, I think Harvey Barnes is really going to materialize. I think he had like a few moments this year. Uh, I think Vardy's kind of at the end of his run yeah, as well. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. True, true, true. All right, unlucky, Brendan. That makes me happy. <laughs> makes me very happy. <laughs> well, gents, it's been amazing having you all on. Um, obviously, look forward to chatting sometime in the future. We keep saying we're going to do mid-season check-ins. Maybe that'll materialize this this year because there's lots to catch up on as as things kick on. And Carl, as you said, it'll be great at least to, to start um, having fans back in the stadium. Something we can all get behind. So, cheers! Thanks for the time. Later. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Thanks, lads. Bye. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.